0: Yeah, you ready? I don't. Ready? I'm not. I mean, sure, fine, whatever. Let's do this, I guess.
1: 120 of the damage control podcast i'm ryan and when i share an ice cream and milk based frozen treat with my co-host i always gaze lovingly into into his eyes for a really really long time here's that co-host john
0: my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like it's better than yours you're damn right i can teach you but i'd have to charge
1: on this week's show, we've got some opening chit chat and a review. Good afternoon, John.
0: Okay, Ryan, your bit can't be bad intros. It just can't. <laughs> that can't be your bit. You can't. You can't do this kind of like yin yang thing with me, where I have over long intros, so you go so in the opposite direction. You I, I tell the covered people the bare nothing. minimum. <laughs> You didn't even say the thing we're reviewing. <laughs> well, There's
1: a hint in the name of the episode, and also... People don't look at that. Okay, also, I well, I referred uh-huh. to a major element of the title in the opening.
0: That is not helpful. An ice cream That's and like milk-based frozen treat. I'm currently eating from a box of chocolates and expecting the people to know that we're reviewing Forrest Gump, which we're not. We should do that, though. That'd be fun. No, we should we should stick to our current format... Which is to renew, review new things and also not forget about our 11 from 2011, which we're going to, I'm sure. Okay. Um,
1: first opening Chit Chat topic. Hi. Uh, I
0: would I, I respond hello. to your hi by saying hello back.
1: Hmm. This joke didn't used to be as in poor taste as it is now, um, but I'm like I'm oh. like starting to not, I feel like I'm coming down
0: with something. Mm-hmm. It's like Olympic
1: fever, That's- baby
0: not really oh, God! <laughs> wait is that what all this was the setup the line item and the run sheet yeah there's was some... just so you could talk about the olympics no it's just so i could
1: mention the olympics i'm not really watching it i've just watched a little bit here and there um mm. are you watching the olympics
0: i have watched approximately zero minutes in zero seconds of the 2020 olympics mm. I think it's funny that Actually they they decided
1: to stick with the 2020, even though it's not happening in 2020. Yeah.
0: Basically, we've all decided that time is irrelevant. Years don't matter. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the, an actual question I have for you is I've been... Is it about the Olympics? No. This is the next oh. bullet on the run sheet.
0: Um, oh. The only thing I do know about the Olympics mm-hmm. is that the U.S. men's basketball team lost today to the French. And you know how I feel about the That's French. That's got to be
1: embarrassing for them
0: it is yeah it's our first loss since what like 2004 i think in terms of like the actual olympic tournament Mm -hmm.
1: the u.s women's national team uh lost to the to the swiss um on the first day
0: swiss they make cheese they make clocks they make watches they don't play basketball
1: no i'm sorry the u.s women's national soccer team
0: Lost to the Swiss they don't they do play soccer they that's do. true I was very confused okay yeah.
1: so my next bullet item is COVID related sure. and it's um oh. I as as you know the Delta variant makes its way across mm. the country becomes the dominant form of coronavirus um sure. are you how are you thinking through that like are you thinking about starting uh. to wear masks more <laughs> like
0: I'm thinking through it minimally mm. minimally I don't I haven't really, you know, I don't think my brain is ready, you know, to, I don't to go through all this again. Assuming we might have to, I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions uh, that that demand answers. Um, you know, like in certain areas, it's all about like I think like in the micro community you spend time in, and so I know going into the fall, like campus will be a relatively like i i hope man i actually don't know but i i hope that most people have gotten the vaccine we won't know for sure because i I mean the best the university can do is like hey will you respond to this survey and tell us if you're vaccinated (laughs) you know like we're not demanding it um which i understand it's hard to demand things of people uh and so i i will feel relatively safe in the fall in my micro community and then like in surrounding counties like i think supposedly dallas has reached herd level immunity uh percentages maybe dallas county maybe dallas city proper i'm not quite sure i don't have all the answers here in this news story but uh, in terms of like people previously who got uh covid which i don't think necessarily you know has the same kind of level of uh, antibody protection to Delta, uh, I, to Delta force. I don't know how, about
1: its relation to Delta, but it's also limited. Like my doctor told me to right. expect, to assume that I had good natural immunity for about four months, which is uh, about yeah. up as for me at this point. So um, you can't take that, that that people right. who have had COVID as like a static number, they basically they start to fall off after four months.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time thinking about it and the truth is it's it's largely because I think at this point I got pretty worn out with like here's some information that's really, you know, timely and relevant about how you should be responding to to COVID and then like 2 weeks I feel like that information would change and I know again we've talked about this I know that in large part that that's that's science, and science takes time, and information takes a while to be accurate. But like, it does give you kind of it gives you a case of whiplash. And right now, I have not done anything to like rechange my b- behavior or go back to any like previous protocols. Mm-hmm like when i'm meeting with students because i am meeting with them more in person now if i see they're wearing a mask i still have mine and i'll be like would you be more comfortable if i was wearing a mask would you prefer not to look at the lower half of my face (laughs) i understand that's totally totally legitimate but no i haven't i haven't really expressed any like internal concern about it
1: Hmm. i'm starting to um think about wearing a mask more regularly um I've pretty much gone without, and except in a couple, like like sometimes the grocery store, I still kind of want to because the just a little bit yeah. more denser uh, group of people. But I've been back at, at work um, on campus for a few weeks now, and I haven't been wearing a mask at all when I'm there. It's also relatively empty right now because sure. there's almost no students, and most of our faculty and staff are still working remotely. We'll get another big group of them come back not tomorrow, but the Monday after. Um, but uh um just reading more about it and trying to just like stay up on what i need to know the the thing that i see over and over again is you should think about wearing a mask if you are in a uh if if you're going to be around people who are unvaccinated and the only way you can really know that is if your broader community um doesn't have high rates of vaccination and tarrant county is only like 44 percent vaccinated right now you guys are pretty terrible yeah um so there's that and then also if there's a lot of covid in your area and Mm -hmm. and the 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 thing that bothers me about those two guidelines is that they haven't given me thresholds so like i know the vaccination percentage and i know the cases per hundred thousand are like 20 right now which is relatively high so like But I don't know, like, what do they consider to be a lot of spread? What do they consider to be not enough people vaccinated? Can you give me some numbers to look at? Because then I could easily make a, oh, this is where the numbers are at? All right, I don't wear my mask. You know? Oh, the numbers aren't there? Cool, I don't need to wear it. You know? Um, Like, but they haven't, they just say, oh, if there's not a lot of vaccinated people, well, what does that mean? Like, that's the part that's like kind of irking me right now is I just want some more specific guidance.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just, I don't know, my brain is already tired from, like, the last fight that's not, you know, that's still not over about, you know, people who don't wear masks and why, and, you know, like, I've had conversations with even friends that, like, you know, I'm wearing a mask, you know, this the the person would say, I'm wearing a mask right now because this place requires that I do, if, if it didn't require that I do, then I wouldn't be wearing one. You know, at a time where I was still wearing mine, anytime I was in public, and I, I'm just, I'm still just kind of exhausted from the whole thing. I have a bad case of mental fatigue, and just like thinking about the conflict. And you know, I don't know. I didn't share this on the podcast, but like when my uh, dad was in the hospital over July Fourth, he uh, had this, you know, temper. Like this nurse that was there with us in the ER briefly. He was more of like a nurse technician guy. I don't know. He was doing some of the he was taking blood at one point and he ended up being the one to wheel my dad into his actual room uh well he was a navy corpsman you know previously in a a former life and that's why he decided to go into nursing because he had like requisite you know background and experience and whatnot well on the way up to like the to my dad's, you know, room that they are going to put him in for the night or whatever, uh, you know, my dad has strong feelings about Dr. Anthony Fauci. They're not great, they're not great feelings, but we can skip over that. I think they were kind of talking about that, and you could tell that they had similar feelings about it. Well, then this Navy Corpsman, who works in the medical community, right, like, starts sharing this, uh, this this anecdote this research that fauci participated in that basically found and i don't know remember if it was pneumonia or something but people like the 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 rate of incidence like greatly increased because of mask wearing that was their finding like they're you know breathing like the sickness back into them and so maybe the mortality rate was higher or something i don't know and like it took me i had nothing to say to it in the in the moment because i'm like this is not the time for me to be like, uh, yeah, you sound like you're full of shit, buddy. Um, it took me two minutes as soon as we got settled, and I got on my phone and looked it up, and I was like, one, he misquoted even the war. I mean, I think he said it was from World War Two, it was from World War One, or something, you know, or vice versa, um, and and that's not at all what the outcome was, but it was something that had gone viral on Twitter. Uh, and people were sharing it and it was completely inaccurate information. And here's this like seemingly bright, you know, nurse who served our country. And I appreciate that sharing nonsense with my 73 year old father who's prone to nonsense. So like, I'm just, I'm fatigued already. And I think I'm just not, I'm just not fucking ready, man. See, listen to me. I'm getting cranky. (laughs) I'm sorry. Fucking cranky. Wow. Well, That's okay. Me... It, you're asking good questions, though. We probably do need to think about it.
1: Yeah. I just, I, the, the thing I was thinking about today as I was grocery shopping and I was having my mask on and just thinking more about it, I was like, it doesn't bother me to wear this thing. Like, I don't find it all that uncomfortable other than dealing with, you know, foggy glasses or whatever. Um, and so I think my position moving forward until the situation improves is just going to be that if I'm wondering if I should be wearing my mask, I'm probably just going to wear it because yeah like it's not hard <laughs> so um,
0: no yeah it's not you know it, it's one of those things that that's what i said like as soon as you know i i completed my two weeks post vaccination i was like i'm just gonna keep wearing this thing but then they came out and said you know vaccinated people don't really have to worry about wearing this around other vaccinated people and then we just got kind of we got kind of blase about the whole thing. And, and it just occurred to me that even though I had said before, like, and I'm probably just going to keep wearing it, I quickly abandoned it, you know, because even though it's not hard to wear, I would still rather not wear it. Well, yeah, know?
1: sure. I mean, it's more comfortable not to wear it. But also, yeah. just thinking about, like, uh, I work at a community college, which is just a different environment than a university. Even when, like, lots of old, he, no, lots of old. Well, not necessarily lots. That's true. Yes. Um, but even like your university, your institution, um, mm-hmm. the residential population isn't as large as a lot of other universities, right? It's still True. largely a commuter school, but a community college isn't, at least mine anyway, is 100% a commuter school. Um, and so I think it's a relatively safe assumption that if 40% of the re- 44% of the residents in my area are, are vaccinated, that, that's probably a roughly equivalent estimate of how many, the percentage of people once all the students are back. In my yeah. and it's a pretty that's a pretty tightly concentrated group of people, um, so probably when I'm in meetings with, with like you know ten people that are all on our staff and I know um, I can be relatively safe safely assuming that they're vaccinated because I know most of these folks um, probably you know don't need the mask there but walking around campus probably will wear one.
0: Yeah, I just need to know when I when I when I can stop using the uh, this the sex sheet with the the hole cut out of it. Oh. thank you (laughs) for that i'm kidding i I have not just just to clear it up for the listeners hello i have not used a sex sheet hey
1: ryan oh wow you got really um uh (laughs) you broke off there for a minute i think
0: Uh, maybe uh maybe maybe facetime audio was concerned about sex sheets
1: maybe maybe tim cook was censoring our conversation it's possible um, yeah okay so i have one last opening chat bullet wait for hold you. on hold um, on
0: i i got more i got more i just wanted to share this because i thought it was funny but on this talking point here uh my friend eric sh- uh shared a screen grab of a tweet on instagram from mark harris i don't know who that is i'm going to be honest so if he's controversial my apologies but he said when the first couple of seasons of walking dead aired i used to complain that the show never explained how the population got so tiny now it was because a hundred million dumbasses... Oh, now I know it was because a hundred million dumbasses walked right up to the zombies yelling, I refuse to live my life in fear! <laughs> Thought that's pretty good. Not bad. He's a journalist. I just googled him. Okay. Hopefully, he's a reputable one. They're yeah. not all reputable. That's true. You know. Um. Yep.
1: I have one more opening chit chat bullet point for you. And it's, well, the
0: way I'm thinking about it, let's opening chit chat for like an hour and then do the review in a cool ten. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I'm think- not gonna have a
1: ton to say about <laughs> the movie. I, I think we could pull that off. Yeah. Um, this is largely a rhetorical question, um, but oh, based on but my why ex- even ask? Because based it. on my experience last night, it's on my mind, and I'm just curious what you think. Um, when people talk through an entire movie, what do you think they're talking about? Like, I don't when you're yeah. when you're like at a movie because I went to a movie theater last night not sure. to see the movie we're reviewing today, but to see a different movie.
0: No, you almost pulled the switcheroo on me, and I was <laughs> almost going to be mad. But I instead I was very accommodating.
1: You were, you were like. Yeah, I don't know if having a dog or something has, like, mellowed you out or what, but <laughs> you are, you've are you become way more mellow and less, like, feisty the last, I don't know. You haven't had a dog for a month, but I'd say the last month or so. All of a sudden, you're much nicer to me all the time. Uh, Maybe
0: it's, yeah, There's I think there's a reason, and I think you're aware I of it. I think so, too. Said... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. So,
1: okay, so I went to this movie theater. I saw the M- new M.I. M- M- Shyamalan movie, Old and Uh there was a couple like an older couple that was maybe like a row or two ahead of me and to my right and it was like across the the stairway because they were in like that smaller aisle that's on the other side of the steps sometimes in movie theaters um i don't know if you know what i mean by that but anyway it doesn't matter they were a distance away from me (laughs)
0: i'll be honest i wasn't listening to any of the setup because i realized it wasn't important to the story. It is
1: important to the story. Okay, to know that they were talking loud enough that I could hear them talking the whole movie. I could not hear what they were saying, sure, but I could sure. hear the ch- like the chit chat that happening, mm. even from the distance that I was at. And it yeah. started, I mean, probably during the trailers, I guess, but I could, the opening of the movie is relatively quiet. So I could hear it from the opening of the movie. And it basically just didn't stop like the whole time. Like it just felt like they were talking the whole movie. And so what I couldn't figure out if I, cause I've literally never done that in my life. Like if yeah. I've talked during a movie, it might be to like ask a question or be like, Hey, I'm going to get some more popcorn. Do you want some Twizzlers? Or something. Yeah. It was a very. It'll be like a very brief thing. I or just,
0: to lean over and say, "Why don't you dig a little deeper in that popcorn oh bucket?"
1: I just can't imagine the only other. The only scenario where I have talked through a whole movie is when I have had like people over and I have had bad movie night, and the whole point is to like make sarcastic comments throughout the whole movie. That's the only scenario I can imagine talking through a whole movie. And it's a very different one than being in a movie theater. So I just don't understand what it is that people are chatting about during the whole movie. Are they having a side conversation that is unrelated? Mm. Or are they talking themselves through the movie? Like, oh, wow, that's a different looking kind of bus that they're on right now. Oh, look, they got to the hotel. People are waiting for them outside of the bus. That's interesting. Now they're handing them. Yeah, like I don't understand what they're talking about the whole time.
0: Yeah, the only time there's one, there's one time there's there there are two movie-going experiences that, like in retrospect, like looking back on my youth, in retrospect, I feel some guilt about. One was seeing, ooh, let's see here, I think The Avengers, not 2012, but the one with like, um, oh, like like Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman, and Uma Thurman, yeah, I think it was that. I think I get that uh, uh, conflated with, um, oh, Jeff Goldblum is something called, like, The Phantom or something. Well, there is a movie called The Phantom, but it's got Alec Baldwin in it, not Jeff Goldblum. Damn it. That's not the one I'm thinking about. No, I'm thinking of The Shadow. Yeah, you are thinking of The Shadow. That's true. Yeah, The Phantom, I think, he has, like, a purplish suit or something like that. I get those confused. I don't know which one it was, but... The, i mean none of the details matter here the point is is i like i mugged out hard with my girlfriend at the time and i was like i don't know eighth or ninth grade so it was just like she we didn't live in the same town we like knew each other from church so it's not like we could do that at church although that didn't really stop us so it's like hey let's meet up and go see a movie it doesn't really matter the movie because all i'm gonna do is like try to find excuses to stick my tongue down your mouth um I feel bad about that one because there was definitely someone sitting like next to us, you know. So just like that poor guy, oh, got. Oh, oh, Stop it! Hey, hey! I Sorry. don't know if you know this, but like a really bad idea of podcasting is to play other things. <laughs> it was an
1: accident. Usually, my speakers are muted. I was trying to look up the movie you're talking about, and auto and least, ad auto
0: played. At least it wasn't porn. That would have been really embarrassing. That would have been really embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so that's a that's a moment I regret. Did you figure it out which one I'm talking about?
1: Uh, no.
0: Or is this one of those cases where it's like that? uh, What's that whole? What's it called? The Mandela effect. Yeah. (laughs) Did I just Mandela effect? I'll look it up later.
1: I think you did because I both Googled it and there's a movie (laughs) called Phantoms, but Jeff Goldblum's not in it. It's got uh, Ben Affleck in it. And it came out in 1998, you would have been like a horny teenager in 1998.
0: That definitely is the right timeline. Anyway, I'll figure it out. It's not important. What's important (laughs) is that I feel bad about what I did, okay? And then fast forward, really just like a year or two, and there was a girl that I liked who was in the grade uh, below me, so I think I was a junior, she may have been a sophomore, I think that's right, and... Uh, me, her, and one of her friends were going to meet up and go see The Perfect Storm. Okay. Okay. That's a great and...
1: movie. <laughs> That's not a romantic movie at all. That's not a... No.
0: And so I proceeded to Mystery Science Theater uh, the crap out of it, and I have never been funnier in my life. And that was at a time where my humor was very unrefined. So um, I just kept a commentary track going, and I killed... And I've it won me a lot of points. It also set the bar way too high because I was never that funny again and nothing really ever happened between us. Wow. So, I it could be, you know, it could have been that. It could have been making jokes. Did they look like they were laughing at each other's comments, though?
1: No, and I also, like, I don't know, maybe this is a bad stereotype, but I don't... They were, like, a couple that were, like, at least in their 50s, if not a little older... I just mm -hmm. wouldn't imagine a couple in their fifties making sarcastic comments through a whole movie. I mean, maybe it's probably not. Maybe me in my fifties, I would, but I don't know.
0: I just don't. I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I don't. They were just whispering away the whole time.
0: When that happens, I think something that I do consider is that, like, one of the the person not talking because there's usually only one person talking. I feel like the other person is likely on one of the worst dates of their life. Is what I'm thinking. (laughs) And so I want them to shut up, yes, but I also feel very bad for the other person who's not talking. Yeah,
1: it's a good point. I guess I don't know that they were both talking. I just know that there was talking, making it way yeah. over to
0: me. Yeah, and we've talked about this. We talk about movie theater behavior all the time, but like you know, it's been a dormant topic because we haven't really been to the theater much. But now that we're going back, it'll be important to see if people... Um, can respect the experience again, like you know, we had a, this whole like slate of I- events, bad, uh, bad behavior issues at sporting events. You know, as we started to let fans back in, of uh, people, you know, throwing stuff when they shouldn't, or getting in, you know, getting into it with players more so than it felt like before, and maybe now we're gonna see more bad behavior at the movie theater. Maybe,
1: I can. Uh, I'll uh, have an update for you about. Um, sporting events next week because I'm
0: going to a Texas Rangers game next Saturday oh I would say cool that sounds great but uh, I hope you enjoy just the the scenery the new ballpark maybe get you some good food I know for a fact you won't enjoy the product on the field I think they've lost 11 straight oh, so enjoy
1: you know but I don't really I'm not invested enough in them as a team to really care if they win or lose I just enjoy like watching a baseball game that's just fun to me um and also i haven't been to the new the new ballpark yeah. so that'll be fun Me
0: neither. you're going but you're going before me hmm. why didn't you invite me
1: because i was invited to go by people who are paying for everything so
0: <laughs> i wouldn't be asking another guest to come along with me who who's who invited you as people we know uh that i might stacy's folks who i know oh yeah i can't be there for that sorry I can't meet Stacy at the same time I'm meeting her parents. That would be uncomfortable. <laughs> that would be. Hey, <laughs> I do this show with, uh, with, uh, your daughter's, uh, live in boyfriend. And anytime he says the name of one of his female coworkers, I tell her to fuck her face. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: it's poor, it's Colleen. poor Colleen. Poor Colleen. I didn't say her name. You mm-hmm, brought it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all I have for opening Chit Chat. You, I, I had you so didn't, much more. You didn't bother to put anything on the run sheet, so I don't.
0: Ryan, do men still wear cologne? Is cologne, has uh, it gone the way of the dodo? I think some men do. I don't wear cologne. I don't like it. Okay.
1: I like my I just, my like... natural musk is
0: fine. Mm, yeah, I like to smell that all up. Smell it all up when I stare into your eyes drinking a milkshake. That brought several additional boys to the yard. All right, you can continue. Okay. Well, uh, if
1: you want to weigh in on whether men still wear cologne, give us a five-star review and then where the review goes, just say if you think men still wear cologne or not. And also subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you use.
0: Especially if you're a woman. I mean that's kind of what I mean that's that's the market I'm most concerned about what
1: I would if you're considering getting some cologne just you know no
0: just I'm not do it like be
1: conservative in the application don't go I want to bathe
0: in it I want to I want to spread it from the top of my head to the bottom of my taint I want it all (laughs) over my god (laughs) (laughs) on that note
1: um coming up next we On what will... note? On the on the taint note? Yeah, the taint note. Oh, We're gonna get okay. into our spoiler-free review of Gunpowder Milkshake.
0: I need to exchange some books. Come. Scarlet's kid. How is your mother? I haven't seen her in fifteen years. Mom! Let's get you into a good book.
1: You'll need a Jane Austen. A Virginia Woolf.
0: And an Agatha Christie. For reading. Are you a serial
1: killer? What? You kill people.
0: Yes. And you've killed more than one. That is serial. It's more complicated than that.
1: Okay, that was from the trailer for Gunpowder Milkshake.
0: We're still laughing about taints,
1: everybody. (laughs) Synopsis from IMDb: Three generations of women fight back. Three generations?
0: Yeah, I guess that means I think that we're supposed to believe that Lena Headey's in kind of a middle generation. From and Angela Bassett's. Oh, 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 I guess Chloe, the, oh, the, the, the the Emily, the little girl. That's probably oh, what it is. Okay. It's a terrible. Keep reading. It's terrible. Three generations
1: of women fight back against those who could take everything from them. That's so. It's so bad. It is. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, written by man. I should have researched this. Yeah, I.
0: <laughs> you started giving me hell on the run sheet because you were bored, and. I was like, dude, I was going to look it up and try to help you with pronunciation, but then you were being a dick, and I decided not to.
1: Written by Navit Papashudo, Papashado, Papit Papushado, (laughs) Papashat, Papasancher, Papushado and Ehudlavsky, Uh um, and directed by um, Navit Papashudo, whatever, starring... Um, Karen this is a minefield this one Karen Gillan <laughs> Lena Headey Chloe Coleman Heaney, Heady, Heaney. whatever Chloe Coleman Paul Giamatti um, heart emoji Carlo Gugino heart emoji as it is oh my on God, the I run sheet I love her so much Angela Bassett Michelle Yeoh Michael Smiley and Jack ben, Bendetta ben, uh, date goodness David Burnell and Ivan Kaye and then do you want to do there's a familiar face and i don't remember who this person played in the movie
0: he's the the father of the the murdered son of the rival crew oh okay all right yeah yeah he's the real husky voiced englishman yeah ralph Ineson. um yeah ralph Ineson. uh you know of course this movie's packed with familiar faces some so very lovely like carla gugino god i have a crush on her okay uh and she is just like a fine wine my friend covid had nothing on her i don't know what that means um anyway ralph eidenson he uh he, you know this always comes back to how a person is familiar to me uh he has been in a lot he's actually a pretty successful character actor he was in i think uh several of the harry potter installments and so you know i think most people would recognize him but you have to go all the way back to the year 2001 through 2003 on the bbc version of the office that inspired my favorite show of all time the american version of the office uh he was chris finch which is kind of the correlate to uh todd packer oh right yeah finchy finchy so anyway that uh, was fun to see. He looks basically the same, but he you know he's not a disgusting creep in this. Hmm. He's just kind of normal. Right. Well, he's but he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's brooding. Yeah. Uh, all right, John. What did you think of Gunpowder Milkshake? Well, uh, I watched this during the week because I don't think we had decided on it yet, and I was just I've been I don't know uh, I have not done much in the evenings <laughs> well it was not new but like i've been watching a lot of stuff uh and so and a lot of it maybe has to do with lenny the dog over here you know the, the right time to take her for a, a walk. I a l k i don't want to say it cause she's right behind me um and so we do it later in the evening when it's cooled off a bit and if we do it because you know sometimes i'm lazy but um you know, I'm filling the time in just watching random stuff. I've been watching some true crime lately. and That's weird. Oh. That's not normal for me. Yeah, that's a deviation for you. Yeah, there was. I just wrapped up this really interesting docu-series on Netflix. Both were on Netflix. One I'm forgetting the name of. It has to do with like a, a murdered French woman in a small Irish town. Oh, I watched that. That was good. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was good. And then there was this other one that was really fascinating. Uh, again these always come down to moments in history that somehow like completely eluded me this, ha- this has happened to us multiple times but like uh this was the case of john Demanyuk, a man uh, like this old uh uh ukrainian immigrant living in cleveland who uh are living in a cleveland suburb but very like heavily populated with with uh, people from the ukraine um <clears throat> and then the u.s started investigating him and uh, had some evidence, uh, can't call it sufficient evidence, that he was actually Ivan the Terrible at a concentration camp, an extermination camp in uh, Poland called Treblinka. Uh, and Ivan the Terrible is like known as like one of the worst people from the Holocaust. Like I mean, he just, I mean, not just killing people and putting them in gas chambers, but like just subjecting them to all kinds of torture. Uh, and so I didn't know about any of this stuff, but like he gets, um, he, he loses his American citizenship. He gets extradited to Israel. He goes on this like very like showy trial. Like, I mean, the whole world is watching uh, and it it is a fascinating ride. So I just wrapped that one up. What's too. that one called? I want to watch that. That
1: sounds good. Oh Lord. I, I don't know. I'm sure I can find it. I'm in the middle. I'm, sure you can too. I'm in the middle of watching one. that I don't know the name of, because it's in, Portuguese, And so oh. I, the title is like the name of the woman and her name is like Eliza or Elise or something. Um, but it's about this Eliza. <laughs> nice. It's about this mm-hmm. woman who, um, uh, is in, is on furlough from prison, which I guess is a thing they do mm-hmm. in Brazil. Um, oh. she, um, uh, murdered her husband and dismembered his body. Um, hmm. And she is participating in the documentary to sort of tell her side of the story. <laughs> and it is fascinating. Yeah. It is really, really interesting. The only complaint I have is that if you just hit play on Netflix, it will play an English dubbed version, which I'm against English dub stuff in general. But for a documentary, it seems really weird because then you have something that is full of people who are the actual people but you're listening to actors and I don't think that's cool at all so I like went through and like changed it to oh, Portuguese yeah. and I did English subtitles um, but yeah. uh, anyway it's I've got like one episode left and I think it's really really interesting
0: mm, cool yeah I feel like we're doing like a little mini version of the damage control roundup hmm it's exciting but uh, I also watched uh, there's this docu series that's not true crime but it's uh, like how to be a tyrant. Oh, and it's basically yeah. like, uh, you know, like giving you step-by-step instructions, like the, the perfect playbook for becoming a dictator by like focusing each episode on different dictators throughout history, starting with, you know, the chief among them, uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, and they, you know, they'll bring up other examples from other dictators throughout history during each episode, but uh, the primary focus is on one person. And it's narrated by Mr. Peter Dinklage, who does a great job. So I've been watching all kinds of stuff, so I got to this early, this Gunpowder Milkshake that we're actually reviewing, uh, and so I tried to watch it again today, but I just, I wasn't in the mood, so I just kind of mostly fast forwarded through it just to make sure I remembered what happened, but um, I enjoyed this, it's not great though, and so I, I'm not going to be able to just kind of like, you know, wholeheartedly recommend it. I think they're 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 doing some cool stuff uh in a sense you'll, you'll probably say this too but it's definitely cribbing from some very popular properties john wick probably being the most obvious but here's the funny thing i watched this i where i watched the trailer and i was like oh well this is this is obviously based on a comic book and i'm like well it's a comic book i'm, I'm not familiar with i've never heard it but of that title sounds very comic booky it has a very comic booky look to it mm-hmm. so you know if i watch it early i can do something i haven't done in so long which is like go back and like actually look at the source material and read the original graphic novel or whatever ryan this is not based on a comic book at all i was very confused to find that out because uh, it definitely has that appearance um i will also say at times the writing is like so kind of like awkwardly stilted in a way that makes it seem like it's just pulled from a page of, you know, of, um, speech bubbles. Uh, cause there are times where like the dialogue doesn't flow whatsoever. And it feels sometimes the, the writing feels very corny. For example, there Paul Giamatti's character is, is the serious like head of this, like, uh, mercenary group. Well, I, I don't know. There's not enough explanation to know what it is. That's a, a problem inherent in the movie, mm-hmm. but there's a group called the firm and i think they represent the patriarchy but we can get to that later um oh i thought
1: they were like a, a small memphis law firm that it turns out that they um <laughs> that they represent the mob isn't, that, isn't oh. that what the firm is is that a joke there's a movie called the firm it's based on a john grisham oh, novel yeah tom okay. cruise joins a small yeah, memphis tom law cruise. firm and then it turns out that they're mafia lawyers
0: it seemed like the, there was a lot of heart behind that joke, but you didn't really lean into it that hard because you knew I wasn't going to get it. Oh, I figured most uh, people have seen that movie, so. I did, but I was probably 11. Well, I watched it while I had COVID, so it's fresh of mind. Oh, wow. I you watched, the, like, the Trump, all you, the. You dropped the Trump card that I can't do anything with? I nah. did a whole I John Grisham, Grisham marathon. <laughs> while I had COVID. Well, you, what a weird thing. I watched Air Force One recently. Is that Grisham? No.
1: John yeah. doesn't write what if you... John Cersham writes lawyer books that get turned into lawyer
0: movies. There's not lawyers in Air Force One. Who am I thinking of then? Tom Clancy. That's it. I yeah. knew it was one of those generic writer have, names. I
1: should have done a Tom Clancy Marathon. If I get COVID again and I live through it, <laughs> Brian, <I'll> do... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> knock on <laughs> one for you. Clancy. Don't wish I'll do the Clancy wish... marathon. <laughs>
0: Don't wish the delta force on you that's terrible. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um wow, I got so derailed. Air Force 1 still holds up. Uh, except the computer graphics they do not hold up. Oh yeah, that that CGI Air, Air Force 1 going the into plane. the ocean. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> water, hold up then. Yeah. It was terrible. It's so bad. Yeah. Um my god, the patriarchy Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, he's you know he's a very serious character, and he ref- he refers to guns at one point as boomsticks. He tells Karen yeah. Gillan she's gonna need to get some new boomsticks, and I'm like, a goofy boy wrote that line. Like oh, what's a cool word for guns, guys? Oh yeah, boomsticks. That's and so like uh, and I, I don't know I'm gonna be careful here, but the director who also was part of the writing team is Israeli. And so his, his, I don't think his, you know, his first language was English. And I feel that kind of does come out a little bit in the script. I mean, I'm sure people looked at it and cleaned it up a bunch, but, and who knows? I have no idea his history. Maybe he's lived in the States for a long time, but there were just times where like it really felt kind of awkward. So I think this movie is fun in terms of its premise and some of like, you know, like the concepts in it. It has a very like stylized feel. To make it I mean, make it look very comic booky. It's one of those movies or, you know, properties that you feel it's kind of out of time. You like, okay, there's aspects of this that are like taking place in a diner and it feels very like nineteen fifties. But, you know, there's also a lot of modern stuff. But at one point, they're in, like, a blockbuster kind of thing that's closing. And so it's like, it's just, you you can't really place it in in time. Um, So that's, I find that fun. And to be honest, I I think they really should have leaned more into the over-stylized production elements. Like, give me more neon. Give me more, like, monochromatic set pieces, like give me like something closer to Dick Tracy. Cause right now, like what we got was cool, but it wasn't enough to overcome the fact that I know this wasn't a great movie, but like if they had leaned into it more heavily, then I could be like, okay, that was a really cool looking movie. Even if it didn't hit all the notes it was supposed to, hmm. you know? And yeah. so I feel like they, they didn't kind of lean in like they should have with that. But um, there's some fun stuff happening here. And like, there's some action uh, sequences that are, fun to watch some fight scenes maybe some that are over long we like that word um but you know all that really matters ryan is the answer to one question okay okay and that question is is carla gugino in this movie the answer is yes so this movie's great (laughs) okay five stars high high recommend would do again um no i mean she's she's good she's good she's great in it but um I really do think she might be like the high water mark in terms of the acting and I'm not just saying that because I think Carla is great I just I think she's she's got a great moment where some some real emotional resonance that I enjoy but I mean the story's pretty thin and you know like there's supposed to be some emotional connections between characters that doesn't feel quite like it delivers because there's so much missing from it um but for what it was, a quick little, uh, a quick little jaunt on Netflix. Although it's like two hours long, so it's not a short movie. Uh, I still enjoyed it. I think I don't want to tip your hand, but you gave it two and a half out of five stars, and I think that's right. That seems fair. That seems fair to say I enjoy this to some extent, but you know, I know it's not for everybody. Okay. Um, yeah, I would not say that I
1: enjoyed it. Like two and a half stars is the Highest I could probably give a movie and also still not like it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because there is like there's a basic level of like technical craftsmanship on display. Um, And like there's some elements that are cool. Like you mentioned, there's some action set pieces that may or may not be too long, Mm -hmm. but are interesting and maybe a little yeah. fun like there's a fight that takes place in a bowling alley there's that's great a fight that takes place in a doctor's office that has an interesting twist on it like there's some mm-hmm. interesting sequences that had my attention but the yeah. the the story is very lacking. I actually thought all the acting was bad, which leads me to believe that it's a directing problem. Okay. <laughs> um, like I
0: thought it was a, a script, also possibly a script It's problem. also a
1: script problem. Yeah. Like yeah. all of the performances felt really wooden to me. Like mm-hmm. it just, it didn't feel like anyone was actually... And you should be
0: careful with saying all of them. Are you saying all of them?
1: All of them. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. like there was a conscious choice being made um, to... Uh, um, like bleed all warmth out of the movie to bleed all like actual humanity out of the movie and just oh, have okay. people like behave. I don't know, almost like, like I almost said robots, but robots isn't quite right. Um, but almost like puppets or dolls or something, just like things that are sort of lifeless, but they're there to sort of recite the dialogue that they've been asked to do in a very mm-hmm. like stilted, like, like i don't know it just was weird like that's why i say i think it's a directing problem because they all sort of just had this artificiality to it and that's the other thing is the whole movie to me felt very artificial and very like um it's just it, it really heavily borrows from john wick it also yeah. really heavily borrows from kill bill to the point where like it's basically just a marriage between john wick and kill bill and it doesn't have much of its own to bring to the table. Like the books, it has books. I mean, I guess, but I mean, the books are really just other, like they're just a stand in for things that are happening in the John wick movies, you know? Yeah. Um, And the, you know, the the other thing about at least the first John wick movie that made it so, so interesting. um, And this is also true of some John wick clones that I've seen. Like nobody has this as well. Where like, there's okay so if you've seen john wick you know that there's the world that everybody lives in and then there's like this sort of underworld where there's a whole society of like assassins or whatever and they have their own yeah. money and they have their own hotel and it's like you sort of discover this um it's one of the joys of john wick is that like oh what is this this is so interesting why is there this hotel right. and they have these gold coins and like all that stuff but like especially that first John wick movie still exists in the world that you and I live in. Um, Mm -hmm. eventually like in the sequels, it's almost like everyone in the world is an assassin. it's like, almost like there doesn't really seem to be anybody else in the world that isn't like killer or part of this network. Um, but at least
0: Bob on Marjanovic anyway, continue.
1: Yeah. But at least in this first, in that first movie, like he goes to a gas station and there's just like people, gas station people there. And he goes to like wherever. And there's just regular people around. This, yeah. this movie like there isn't one place they go that no. isn't part of this like network of assassins and killers or whatever um and there's a lot of artifice that like it just does, I don't even know why it's there like like the library it I, 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 you don't get the sense that that library actually serves library patrons and is also where you can go get your guns it just seems like a place people go to get guns. And so therefore, right. why is it a library?
0: Yeah, and that comes from a lack of information, right? Like, we get a little bit of background explanation in the early, like in the first scene or second scene of the movie where they're in the diner. It's a flashback or whatever to when she's younger. And it's like you could tell from, she, you know, when her mom's saying that she's going to leave that she wants to go live at the library with the ants. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, that's something. You know, there, there maybe this is like... Uh, you know, it was a safe haven or whatever, but we get such little information that you can't really identify much.
1: Yeah, no, it's just yeah. Um, so it's it's borrowing that element, the element of like you know the all the network underground assassin stuff. Also, and then for Kill Bill, it's got the sort of like the it's all women angle. There's the uh, fighting the patriarchy angle. Um, and then for both of them, the sort of longer extended fight sequences that are very stylized. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and it has certain sequences that feel right out of John Wick and certain sequences that feel right out of Kill Bill. Like that bowling alley fight sequence looks so much like the Crazy 88s fight sequence in terms of the stylized colors and um, mm-hmm. the um, silhouettes and stuff like that um so it's just like i don't know like i didn't feel like it was really bringing all that new to the table it just felt like it was borrowing really heavily from these other two things that do what it's trying to do much better um yeah and so it when you when you take that like it doesn't really seem to be doing much original and it also doesn't have a particularly interesting story that i felt connected to and the performances are this really weird stylized stilted thing and so i'm not connecting to any of those i was just kind of like bored you know like I didn't okay. I didn't hate it but I was just like this is only marginally keeping my attention. Um, this should be better. Like I should like this more because some cool things are happening on screen. And like Karen Gillan is doing some really fun fighting and it looks like she's yeah. doing a lot of it herself. Like, I don't know how much she trained and did this stuff, but there's a lot of stuff where like, it's a, a wide shot. You can see her whole body and face. So, so sure looks like she really participated in this stuff. And like, I'm, I'm down to see Michelle Yeoh and anything like, and she's, you know, I know her best from Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, and she's badass in that mm-hmm. movie and does some great fighting. Um, so to see her like wielding some guns is cool, but they don't really give much to the ants in the library to do, other than like they participate a lot in the last like 20 minutes of the movie. but I don't know. It's just I was very underwhelmed the whole time. I don't know what Paul Giamatti is doing in this movie. It's a terrible part yeah. for him. Like he barely has anything to do. I wonder if it was like written a little bit more robust.
0: Hmm. Uh, or setting up for sequels yeah I think they may have they they may have already like be in the works on a sequel and who knows maybe like now that they've kind of introduced the world maybe they can flesh it out a little bit more Um, because I think there's interesting things happening in the whole like smash the patriarchy thing because the firm like there's some times where he like looks out into his office Paul Giamatti's character and it's a bunch of old like it's legitimately all old white men that all look the same and that's interesting. And Karen Gillan's character was working for them as kind of like a cog in the machine. So let's do something cool with that. Uh, but then, you know, like we've been talking, I mean, because what did we just review? What did, like literally last week? What was it? Oh, Black Widow. Black I was Widow, like, right. Yeah. I was like, I had to think about it. Um, but, you know, we talk about like this, this movie that has a lot of uh, female characters and it's got a female director. And it's interesting to see the decisions they make with that. Uh, in this case, we have a largely female cast, and the whole idea. And one of the major themes here, I think, is you know, like this kind of female empowerment thing or whatever. But we have a very like you know overtly masculine, glorified violence movie with a male director, and I wonder if we would have gotten something more interesting had we had like a, a Patty Jenkins type or something. Yeah. You know, obviously not Patty Jenkins because she's like big time or whatever. But you know, something an up and coming female director would have been cool. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean the the only like
1: character, like the the only character information we get about our leads is that Karen Gillan is a daughter who feels abandoned. Lena Headey is that how you say her name? Headey mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. like uh, I don't even really know what we know about her other than um, why why did she kill that guy? At the
0: beginning of the movie, what? we find out about that. Uh, it has something to do with her husband. Yeah, right, it, yeah. it was so not memorable that yeah. um, I don't remember it. And so then, so I mean, like the the
1: the, the, the best the movie does to like <laughs> flesh this out at all is that it's clear that Karen Gillan feels really protective of the child in the movie because she perceives one that she's responsible for that situation and two, this is another abandoned girl and she wants to yeah. protect another abandoned girl because she was an abandoned girl. That's it. That's like yeah. that's all you get. Like there's nothing else. Right. So like, okay, cool, you're gonna have this movie where the women are like fighting up against the men and there's some dialogue that's like really heavy handed about that. Cool, girl power. But like what I don't even know if this movie would pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um it's just yeah, it's just it, it felt so very. Like is that like a cheese sauce? What is that? Oh, the Bechtel test is this thing that this uh, scholar, I believe her name is, or maybe it's a, she's a journalist. I can't remember, but her name is, I believe, Allison Bechtel. And okay. uh, basically, it's a barometer for. Uh, I mean, it's and it's certainly not perfect, but it's like a barometer for how um, like sexist or misogynist a movie m- might be. Um, oh. um, and so the idea is like is there more than one female character um, Mm -hmm. that has a name more than one female character that has a name Two, do those characters ever share a scene together? Um, And three, do they talk about anything besides another man? Yes. Do they, is there a scene where they have a conversation that isn't about, about men?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And also, I mean, not that this gives it extra cred in the, the, the feminist category necessarily, but like, I got the feeling that uh, Carla Gugino's character and Michelle Yell's character were like partners romantically. Oh, well, that's not part of the Bechdel test. Um, And it's probably extra textual. Not that I was like, yeah, give me that. But like, you know, I just, (laughs) I read into it. It seemed like that's what was going on. It could be. I don't know. But I just like
1: most of the movie is about, you know, what, like, these men, like, what they did fighting back against them, and they don't, mm-hmm. none of these characters seem to have a life beyond the present conflict. Um, and so it's like, like, those women that run the, the library, like, what do they do all day? Are assassins coming yeah. in there so frequently to get guns that their whole day is taken up with just putting guns <laughs> into books, like, re, restocking books? <laughs> how do, how do books they make guns. any money? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just, yeah, so
0: it's just, yeah, it's just lacking. Yeah, yeah. again, like, an example, you've got uh, Carlo Gugino uh, pulling books off the shelf for uh, Karen Gillan's character and saying, like, okay, well, you're going to need a Jane Austen, a uh, Charlotte Bronte, um, uh, I don't know what the third one is. Anyway, but it's all, you know, female authors. And so it's like, that feels like a very deliberate choice, but one that was, like, kind of so you know hit you over the head with it kind of thing not very not very subtle and just kind of speaks to the there's not a whole lot of originality in the script there's just some fun moments here that's all i mean there's like if you i know it's it's not necessarily new but there's a a sequence where and we don't i don't think we need to do spoilers to be quite honest unless you have something you want to discuss but like no i have very little else to say (laughs) (laughs) There's a sequence where, uh, Karen Gillan's character has like, her arms have gone numb because she's been, they've, I don't know, hit her with some kind of like body trank or something or she's got no, no feeling in her arms. And so she has the little girl like tape a knife to one hand and tape a gun in the other. Yeah. And I found that kind of funny. There's a driving sequence. The little kid has to like do the steering wheel Yeah. and she's got to do the pedals and that's fun. Um, yeah, I mean there there's some moments of like levity that are enjoyable and the fights are fun, um, but then there's some parts that are just so awkward that it kind of betrays the rest of the movie. But I was along for the ride. I enjoyed it enough. Not a movie I'd watch again, and not one that again I can be like everyone must see this. But there's definitely some like comic booky elements to it. And now you and I have both satisfied our requirements on the show. Where I told you. What I know about the comic book history behind this, which is there is none. Oh wow! And you you told us something about film, the the bechamel test,
1: the bechtel test.
0: I was close. Creamy <laughs> cheese. Okay. Creamy cheese. Uh, all right. Well, that's
1: gonna do it for. Wait! Uh, wait!
0: Wait! Wait! Uh, speaking of the woodenness of it at all and whatnot. Didn't you think that like when Karen Gillan and I know it's not like I've seen her in a lot other than uh, Guardians and you know Avengers and all that stuff, and I've only seen the first Jumanji, but there were times where she sounded exactly like Nebula in this. Like the only thing she can do approaching like a a nondescript American accent is to do like a real husky deep voice kind of thing, and she sounded exactly like Nebula to me multiple times. Uh I. i i maybe i don't know nebula's voice
1: well enough to to really know
0: fine sorry fine uh real quick before you transition to like wrapping up the show and stuff i just need you to make one tiny correction just to set us up for the future just in case okay okay i need you to say everyone's performance in this movie was wooden except carla gugino who was a standout no i'm not gonna say that they were all wooden no i what if she like maybe there's not enough press for this movie so they go searching for it and we're like one of the few podcasts talking about it which is unlikely um and she she it, it gets around to her maybe through her management her agent or whatever and, like, you should go on the Damage Control Podcast. Maybe this is how I meet Carla Gugino and we fall desperately in love, even though she's married. I mean, maybe... Why uh, would you take away that opportunity from me? I'm not...
1: Maybe what I'm doing is providing you an opportunity to continue to defend her, and which, thus endearing you to her, and making you all the more appealing. Whereas she I'll would take I'll me. Take
0: it, I'll take it one step further, Carla. Or, excuse me, Miss, Miss Gugino, if you're listening. Um... Ryan obviously has overstayed his welcome here as a co-host in the Damage Control Podcast. If you would like to replace him and review kind of random movies as they get released and uh, movies from 10 years ago, um, email me, podcast at gmail.com.
1: If she does indeed join the show, you should try to convince her to do a commentary track for Son-in-Law. I would, I would listen to you two talk about that movie. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, no doubt. That would be so
1: much fun. I just love Son-in-Law. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Damage Control Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode of the Damage Control Podcast. Our review of something, perhaps Jungle Cruise, Stillwater, or The Green Knight. Um, I can tell you for sure, John, that I'm definitely seeing Jungle Cruise next week. Um, Mm. If I can sneak in Stillwater or The Green Knight, I suspect I would have more to say about either of those two,
0: but I don't know if I'll be able to see two movies next week. Okay. Okay yeah i mean i am much more drawn to stillwater i think of the three just because it's matt damon i love matt damon yeah although he is from oklahoma and i kind of hate oklahoma but i think i could get over that for the movie but uh, yeah we'll figure it out uh we are on kind of a weird thing because that's my week well this was my week and i
1: didn't get to pick so
0: you did pick i gave you choices you okay. gave me
1: choices, like you picked the choices, and then I had to pick from them. I Not couldn't just pick whatever the hell I wanted.
0: And also, again, I was very accommodating because you're like, "Hey, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to go see old tonight." And I was like, "And it was like seven o'clock, and I knew you were in the movie." And I said, "Well, let me know as soon as you get back if you would rather talk about that tomorrow because I can go w- watch it." That's true. And I was literally, I was on the page. I was about to purchase my ticket. And then I was like, I don't really want to spend this money because I hadn't eaten dinner and I know I would have spent like $30 on food there too. (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: Uh, Our opening theme song is Kaiju by Tribe One. You can check him out on Twitter at Tribe One One. That's Tribe O-N-E-W-O-N. And you can listen to his music at tribeone.bandcamp.com. And with some final thoughts, here's John.
0: Here I am indeed. I have some final thoughts. They're very conclusive very engaging and if you can't tell i'm just kind of vamping this is my last week of working uh half remotely half in office Mm. i start back full time in the office uh in august and so and i'm on like i normally on on a normal schedule i'm at home monday tuesday wednesday so the next three days are my last well knock on wood assuming delta force doesn't go crazy and we don't have to like you know have moments of lockdown again or whatever but um yeah these next three days are kind of my last three days working from home and i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna miss parts of it real bad yeah me too i like the the flexibility my commute isn't very long but
1: still it does like if it's about 20 minutes both ways that's 40 Mm. minutes out of my day that i like have to spend in the car that's extra gas Yeah. Um, But I will say that I have enjoyed the last few weeks because I've been back. I last week was my first week back full time, but I was back like three of the four days the two weeks before. So it wasn't that different. Um, It's nice to like see people that I haven't seen in a year. It's nice Mm -hmm. to um, uh, have unplanned visits with people, you know, like like you just sort of accidentally bump into someone and then talk with them. organic. Organic, yeah, as opposed to meaningfully reaching out to them for a purpose. It (laughs) all feels very transactional that way. Um, So that's nice. Um, And then also, like, in-person meetings, and therefore you're able to have, like, nonverbal communication and eye contact and things like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think... Oh, geez, I think it's mostly good... Um, but obviously I don't like wearing real pants, you know, I happily live in a world where I didn't need to wear them. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much it. My only, no, I mean, I think like there's something to like the productivity of being at home and having natural breaks, you know, where it's like, okay, well, I just wrapped up that that appointment, and I've done my you know my tracking afterwards. I've responded to a couple emails, and I have like 15 minutes here. When you're in the office, I think there are different types of, of people. Something tells me that you find productive things to do with a free 15 minutes. You're like, ooh, I can get a head start on blah blah blah. I'm not like that, so I'm like, oh, 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna see what's on CNN.com or check out Buzzfeed. We'll no, I have
1: or- I have like uh, I have those things. I actually think those things okay. are really good for us. Like. I read uh, the Atlantic and slash like every day. So if really? I have a spare 15 minutes, I'll like open up a few tabs on one of those just to see yeah. like, Oh, here's some interesting stories I want to look at. And I might not, okay. I have them open throughout the day and I'll kind of come back to them as I have a few minutes here or there. Or like, like I told you a few weeks ago, I've been playing the New York times spelling bee app spelling bee yes. game. I mean, like I do those things. Um, and one thing I've been trying to do at work is to remember to do that stuff. I mean, Those were things I kind of did pre pandemic anyway, um, but I don't Mm want to get so wrapped up in, oh, I'm here and I'm at work and I'm trying to do things that I don't like take 10 minutes to go walk around um, or like take a minute to like disconnect from work and like let my brain refresh for a second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the nice options of being able to do that at home is like, I'm going to put on some laundry or I'm going to take out my trash or put some dishes in the dishwasher so like in terms of life productivity that 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 definitely helps being able to have that one thing i will say though is like on days when i have absolutely nothing going on i feel much less guilty when i'm in the office because at least i'm in the office i'm on hand should people need me if i have nothing going on and i'm at home and it's just like i am not you know like what is what is my value why am i even here i'm nothing i'm no one i deserve nothing good in this world. Outro. After the
1: earth's shattering conclusion. Once justice has served one of the last possible moment, the world's again saved from the very brink of destruction. We'll be here to pick up the pieces. He's John. I'm Ryan. This has been the Damage Control Podcast. Thanks for listening. Game over, man. It's game over. Top of the head to the bottom of the date. <laughs>
0: I'm in kind of rare form right now I don't know what's going on
1: Oh my goodness